This is Briar Klopp, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Greenbush, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good afternoon, and welcome to Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. This is Don Wick, along with Whitney Pittman at the Northern Corn and Soybean Expo in Fargo. We'll also hear from farm broadcasters Randy Coonan and Sierra Doctor. Virginia Tech Professor Emeritus David Cole talked economic issues this morning. We sat down with Dr. Cole after his presentation and asked about the just-released Consumer Price Index came out this morning at 6.4%. What that tells me is the Fed's going to continue to raise interest rates. And uh, uh, one of the things is probably at about a quarter percent rather than a 50, you know, basis point. So that that's the implication right there. The other implication is it's telling me food inflation is still very, very prevalent. And energy inflation could be back with us, particularly if China's economy rebounds. You had some different opinions on what you're hearing as far as where these interest rates will top out. Well, one of the things that uh, we're seeing, the Fed is now at, you know, 450 basis points or four and a half. Uh, I could see them go five to five and a half. And that basically means the prime rate is going to be eight to eight and a half percent because you always add three percent to that, Don. And so it hits our agriculture producers, particularly on operating money. Not necessarily on the real estate debt, because much of that has been locked in at low interest rates, which that's good. You talked to the bottom 20% of the farmers are making money today. That concerns you? Oh, absolutely. And I've followed the FinBin data, University of Minnesota. It's excellent data. Uh, and uh, what we have found, every time you start seeing that bottom 20, bottom third making money, you'll have problems in the industry two or three years, because... What happens is it brings in the inefficient. And you know what's scary this time, Don? A lot of that profit is government money. <laughs> and uh, that is not going to be reoccurring, particularly as budgets tighten down. With more from the Northern Corn and Soybean Expo, here's farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman. Thanks, Don. More here from the Northern Corn and Soybean Expo at the Fargo Dome. We are talking with Josh Linville, fertilizer director at Stonex. The headlines impacting fertilizer markets, you touched on that here today. Yeah, it was trying to focus on what are the global events that are going on. Uh, they're affecting us here at home. And that's, we get very, very tunnel vision. I know I personally do. It's a lot of the things that are affecting fertilizer markets are halfway around the world. So it's a lot of focus on like European production levels, uh, Russian export levels, Chinese export levels. They play a major, major part in providing fertilizer to the world. So we have to know what's going on there to know what's going to happen here. Russia is very, very important simply because they are an exporter of all three major products, right? They export a lot of nitrogen, potash, and phosphate. And they're very much in the headline right now. You know, we're talking about this new counteroffensive that's going to happen this spring. They're amassing a lot of troops and military equipment. And so we have to look at what's the Western response going to be to that offensive. Are we going to, com you know, just completely shut them off? That will have a major event. We've got to watch China, again, a major exporter of both nitrogen and phosphate. So, yeah, there's a couple countries that we're not exactly on good speaking terms with that play a major, major role in fertilizer flows. And, you know, our goal is always talking about the pocketbook. Last spring was a little bit tough on guys, but this year, what's your outlook? I think it's going to be a lot easier. The logistical side has improved significantly. The rail strike didn't happen. The river flows have come back. Uh, trucks are always tough, right? But it's no different than any other year out there. So from a logistical standpoint, I'm not as worried as I was a few months ago. 
Um, supply side, I think the product will be there. We're a free market, right? It, the price will eventually balance the S&D. Um, if all of a sudden we have a few last minute decisions that could disrupt things, make it a little hard to have the right product in the right place. But ultimately, I think there will be enough. I think it's going to be a much bigger difference than what it was this time last year. But ultimately, there's still pitfalls out there. And I, I, we are continuing to push the whole ratio idea. Look for the value. Lock in the fertilizer, sell the grain. Lock in that profitability when you see it and have those conversations with your retailer. Everybody's sitting there saying, well, I don't want to buy it. It keeps going down the right call. It's exactly what we ought to do. But at the same point, the retailer is sitting there saying, well, I can't buy it and have that price fall $100 a ton either. So I'm not going to put the tons in place. And that disconnect is what could really get us in trouble. We need to be having more conversation with that supply side, not less of today's environment. You know, we talk a lot about it. farming is no different than manufacturing. And I realize that it is, but it's just trying to make the point, it's inputs and outputs. If we sit there and we continue to look for the profitability where we can lock in that input, lock in that output, lock in that value, that profit, and we get 12 months from now, we look back and we darn it, we could have held out, made a little bit more money. Listen, if our worst decision was profitable, I'll take that year every single year I farm. Stonex Director of Fertilizer, Josh Linville, joining us here on the Red River Farm Network from the Northern Corn and Soybean Expo at the Fargo Dome. I'm Whitney Pittman. All right, thanks, Whitney. Frequent rounds of rain and thunderstorm expected to occur over the next two weeks from Mato Grosso to the east coast of Brazil. That will slow harvest at times. World Weather Incorporated says some field work will advance around those rain showers through Friday. Rains are then expected to be the greatest beginning Saturday through the following Saturday when conditions for field work are expected to be poor. Rain in far southern Brazil and Paraguay expected to be heavy enough to temporarily improve crop conditions and soil moisture. Rain is expected into Thursday across a large portion of Argentina, bringing temporary relief to crops and soil conditions in central and northern Argentina. World Weather Incorporated says a drier weather pattern would, will return Friday through the following week, increasing crop stress. World Weather says rain in Argentina's forecast beginning February 24th, but confidence is low for that event. Argentina's temperatures are expected to cool this weekend, with highs from the upper 60s to the mid-80s. Back and forth, market action continues. Lowen and Associates market analyst Matt Hines says this market seems to be lacking a clear direction. Too dry in Argentina, a little bit too wet in Brazil, you know, still delayed soybean planting, and and then their second corn crop, or soybean harvest, I'm sorry, and their second corn crop planting. Um, you know, beans were down the overnight. We had some, had some recent rain in Argentina, uh, you know, kind of broke the, the heat wave that we've had ongoing there, but, um, you know, currently just kind of hanging around steady uh, again today. Hines says the bright spot in the market so far has been the lean hogs. Yeah, higher markets for the deferred. We've definitely been uh, climbing out of the, the basement here, um, you know, been sharply lower for over the past month. Uh, I think there's there's still hopefully some, some better news to come, you know, as we get into spring and summer, and that's going to reflect it in the futures market as well. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. USDA's weekly export inspections report for the week ending February 9th shows corn inspections of 511,000 metric tons. That's 3.5% more than the previous week, but 64% less than the same week a year ago. Soybean inspections at 1.6 million metric tons are 19% less than the previous week, but 26% more than last year. Wheat inspections of 472,000 tons are 20% less than the previous week, but 3% more than a year ago. 
For the marketing year, corn inspections are 35% less than last year's pace. Soybean inspections are running 1.6% ahead of last year, and wheat inspections are 1.5% less than the year-ago pace. Well, grain markets uh, trading uh, back and forth today with two-sided action. Ag resource company uh, market analyst Nathan Losey said the soybean market or soybean meal market does continue to underpin the soybean complex. You know, we here in the Midwest, we still see very good um, corn and soybean basis. I mean, I just looked on the Illinois River. Um, I can sell corn all the way to the end of the marketing year for, you know, roughly $6.80 a bushel, and soybeans are $15 or better all the way to uh, next August. And this is all in the midst of a record uh, Brazilian soybean harvest. And, the, the you know, it's it's going quick down there, but the yields are just fantastic. Lots of farmers in Brazil reporting record soybean yield. And soybean demand also supporting the complex. <clears throat> yeah, so far we're, we're holding, I mean, you can't really argue with the USDA's export forecast a whole lot. The, the shipment rates, you know, going along reasonably well. And, and then when you look at outstanding sales, um, you know, we're above last year on ex- outstanding sales. So there, at some point in time, you know, we are going to see exports uh, at least hold up pretty good into summer. We might not sell anymore, but certainly shipments are going to stay good. Water levels along the Mississippi River in 2022 made headlines because of their low levels. Soy Transportation Coalition Executive Director Mike Steenhook says transportation along the river is returning to normal. It did impede our ability to move product down to those export terminals. Uh, Fortunately, subsequent to that, we have seen a significant improvement in water levels. We've seen about a 20-foot improvement. So that's obviously good news, but it is something that we're going to continue to monitor and and keep our fingers on the pulse of because it it clearly, if you you return to a lack of precipitation, which then results in less water being funneled into our navigable rivers, you could clearly have a, a return to that you know, challenging situation. You know, the bottom line is we're very pleased that we're in a better position today than we were. Steenhook says exports should pick up along the river. So some of it was diversion, a diversion to other export channels uh, or to other other markets like local livestock, which means local processing, or it was simply a delay in when those exports occurred waiting for that river to become more effective. And so fortunately, now that we're seeing that, you're seeing more of that freight go back to the river. That wasn't the case in in this past fall. We may already have uh, spring planting plans in place, but to Kelb Asgro, technical agronomist Grant Maring says it's not too early, though, to begin preparing for spring planting. We've got our hybrids picked out, our, where we're going, our crop rotations, you know, we're doing a little marketing here and there, but we're actually starting to gear up for planting. Now, yes, we're worth two to three months out, but it is not too soon to think about what are we doing when we plant? Because I see a lot of planters in the shop kind of getting geared up, getting some new discs on, getting new starter fertilizer, whatever it might be. Maring says doing a quick refresher on the needs of each crop you grow will pay big dividends. Because we all remember, we only have one chance at what we call good seed to soil contact or getting the seed in the ground to have a healthy crop that will yield and make us money. And so if you have a corn plant, you know, we need about 50 degrees Fahrenheit to germinate it, at least 45. 
soybeans. You can go a little cooler, uh, but but on the whole, they don't really get going until it's warmer. But they're they're safer earlier. Uh, and then you have things like spring wheat or some of your cereals or barley that you can really put in the ground really close to about freezing, 32 degrees, germinate around 36. Um, that's just one thing to think about. Reporting agriculture's business, this is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The Meatpacking Special Investigator Act was reintroduced by South Dakota Senator Mike Rounds and Senators John Tester and Chuck Grassley. The bill would create the Office of Special Investigators for com competition matters within the USDA with power to target and prevent anti-competitive practices among large players in the meat and poultry industries. Cobank lead animal protein analyst Brian Ernst says last year's beef prices were pretty flat, but prices will catch up at the grocery store this year. I think this year we're probably going to see some, some inflation in the beef case uh, passed on to the consumer. It may have to wait until the back half of the year. I think there's there's probably some indicators that we're going to have tighter supplies in terms of beef and availability. Chicken seems very well positioned this year. Um, we've got really low prices for chicken in the fourth quarter and in the first quarter. So that's something that I think the retailer can, can work with really well um, and, and do a lot of feature work with. But it all comes down to taste and preference, and I, I still think um, there's still quite a bit of room there for, for beef to be successful. Uh, this upcoming year. Pork production should remain relatively steady. Pork, in terms of production, uh, we're probably not going to see much of a change in terms of uh, supply this year. Um, we, we saw imports kind of increase a little bit last year. Uh, there were a lot of complications in terms of uh, labor last year, so deboning hams uh, became very difficult. And um, so pork kind of had some difficulty finding its space last year. Um, this year, you know, I think it's set up to be somewhat of an inflation buster for the consumer as well. Two-sided market continuing over the noon hour here. March wheat Minneapolis up a quarter penny, 9.31. Chicago March wheat's down seven and a quarter, 7.84 and three quarters. Kansas City March wheat is down seven and a quarter at 9.05. March corn is down three and a quarter at 6.81 and three quarters. December a quarter of a penny higher at 5.97. March beans are down eight cents at 15.34 and three quarters. November down three and three quarters at 13.81. In Winnipeg, March canola down $2.70 a metric ton, $8.26.50 Canadian. April live cattle down $0.52 cents at $1.64.57. June is down $27. March feeder cattle down $0.40 cents at $1.86.80. April is down $0.62. Cents. April, uh, April lean hogs $0.82 cents higher at $87.22. June hogs are up $0.55. Cents. This is the Red River Farm Network. <laughs> 